This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Everybody and welcome to the very first episode of our brand new show, Phoenix and Filippo Pop Culture Chaos. Now, if you were a fan of the Christian Phoenix radio show prior to this, you'll recognize you know a lot of similarities. But uh, in uh, going back with Tony, my co-host, who obviously you don't see here right now, uh, you know his schedules, my schedules, uh, you know, really working on on trying to get those to sync up so uh we decided to uh, kind of take a amalgamation of the two shows that we do uh the proton pack podcast and the christian phoenix radio show smash them together and came up with this which is our new show daily going forward phoenix and filippo pop culture chaos now obviously uh being that it's pop culture uh, a lot of it is going to be revolving around the worlds of movies TVs, TVs, TV, video games, uh, comic books, fantasy, all the things that uh, you know and love about pop culture and uh, the things that we love and want to bring to you guys. So with that being said, uh, each day has a different theme. For instance, Mondays are going to be Movie Mondays. Tuesdays are going to be TV Tuesdays. Today is Wednesday, so today is Video Game Wednesday. Thursdays are going to be Comic Book Thursdays, and then we have Fantasy Fridays, which uh, includes maybe a little bit of fantasy football as well. So with that being said, our segments have changed a little bit and uh, happy to bring you guys this very first segment that you'll get day in, day out that I like to call the Nerd News. So today's nerd news is all about video games. For instance, Microsoft has rolled out a new update for the PC Xbox app, allowing Windows 10 PC owners to stream console games from either their Xbox console or through Xbox Cloud Gaming. Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscribers in 22 countries can now use the Xbox app on Windows 10 to access xCloud. A new cloud gaming section will appear by clicking on the Game Pass tab, showcasing all the titles that support Xbox Cloud Gaming. Previously, Windows 10 PC owners had to access Xbox Cloud Gaming by going to Xbox's website through a browser, signing in, and playing the Cloud Gaming beta. Moving on, uh, Insomniac's Wolverine will be full-size with a mature tone. Now, we don't have much more than a basic teaser trailer for Marvel's Wolverine, but some interesting tidbits are beginning to emerge that shed light on Insomniac's new superhero action game for the PlayStation 5. One of the big questions that fans had concerned uh, its scope Would Marvel's Wolverine be similar in size to Spider-Man, or would it be more of a side project like Miles Morales? Creative director Brian Horton addressed that point in the kind of short and to-the-point tweet that would make Logan proud. Simply said, full-size, mature tone. 
Brief as it is, Horton's response provides a decent picture of Insomniac's intentions for Marvel's Wolverine. Despite being developed in conjunction with Spider-Man 2, Marvel's Wolverine is being treated as every bit as much of a priority as Spidey. Now moving on for fans of Fortnite, Carnage, the Venom villain, is joining Fortnite's Battle Pass as part of its brand new Chapter 2 Season 8, which launches, well, yesterday. The addition of the Marvel villain's character skin is just one of a number of changes making their way to the Battle Royale as players set out to face a brand new threat attempting to bring about the destruction of the island. The end of Fortnite's last season brought with it the destruction of the alien mothership in Operation Skyfire. As a result, the cubes that powered the ship were set tumbling down toward the ground, causing a new wave of terror to sweep the map. And uh, folks can get a hold of those Carnage skins uh, pretty much out now. Now moving on, Platinum Games would love to port Wii U's Star Fox Zero to the Switch, but it would want to respect both Nintendo and Miyamoto's wishes in regards to an updated version. Speaking to VGC, Platinum Games studio head Atsushi Inaba said that the studio would have interest in porting 2016 Star Fox Zero to Switch, which remains one of the few big-name Wii U games yet to make it to Switch alongside remasters like The Legend of Zelda, Wind Waker, and Twilight Princess, if Nintendo wanted it. However, any potentially, uh, sorry, any potential changes would be up to Mr. Miyamoto. And then aside from that, uh, new games coming out this week, you've got Cruisin' Blast, which is available for the Switch, Darksiders 3 on Stadia, Deathloop for PlayStation 5 and PC, Flynn, Son of Crimson on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch and PC, Eastward on Switch and PC, Origami 2 on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, and Toem, PlayStation 5, Switch and PC. Well, folks, that does do it for our very first segment here of the very first episode of Phoenix and Filippo Pop Culture Chaos. But when we come back, Tony's going to be joining me. We're going to be doing a little deep dive on some game reviews and a little uh, retro rewind. So don't go anywhere. We will see you guys in just a few. Something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude, Calabunga, to the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Phoenix and Filippo Pop Culture Chaos. Yes, this is the first episode of the brand new show, the brand new format. And if you watched our first segment, well, you'll recognize a 
not brand new, but a new face uh, from the first segment. Yeah, we got Mr. Filippo himself. Tony, say hey, Tone. Hey, it's good to be here on the inaugural Phoenix and Filippo. We uh, dropped the sand to make it easier, so it's just F-I-L-I-P-P-O. And, uh, you know, we did away with the spark after the uh, Christian Phoenix uh, radio show. We're back to bring you uh, pop culture chaos, man. I'm I'm excited to be a part of an all pop culture show. It's taking the best and fun elements of our proton pack and and the fun, wacky, zany stuff we did with Phoenix and kind of make it into one standard show i don't know how it goes but uh <laughs> yeah, happy to be here man giants clinch they're in the playoffs so uh feel nice. like this is a show we can talk geeky and nerdy I, I think we smuggle in some sports here and there i'm sure i don't know but uh i'm pimping the giants today there you go yeah you know uh for fridays we're talking fantasy fridays uh you know fantasy football is part of it we can include baseball in that as well but today being video Only game playoff ball exactly Today being Video Game Wednesday, it is all about video games. Now, I dropped the nerd news on you guys here in this last segment. Well, this segment is something that I like to call Deep Dive. I've got my notes here. Daily Deep Dive, and we're going to be... Daily Deep Dive. Yep. And we'll be uh, reviewing video games. Uh, In this case, Tony and I both chose one video game to review. Again, as the name implies, it is a deep dive. So, you know what? Let's go ahead and get on into it with today's Daily Deep Dive. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. (laughs) That is our opinion, man. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, Thanks, dude. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, first up is a game that I chose. Um, Now, Tony, are you familiar with uh, P2E games? No, I'm not. So a P2- is that weird? I don't, I don't know what that is. P2E is basically play to earn. So play to earn oh, okay. is any of these mobile games, games out there that, I mean, you see commercials for where, you know, people are like, it's like Candy Crush, but I make three cents. What I'm talking about are blockchain games. These are games that uh, pay you cryptocurrency. You can uh, invest in certain characters, lands, whatever it may be. Uh, which gain in value as the cryptocurrency goes up and about. Um, And this game in particular uh, that I wanted to talk about is an NFT game. Probably the biggest one out there is a game called Axie Infinity, which is a kind of like Pokemon, but it's very expensive to get into. You have to have three of them. On average, it costs you $300 just to get one little Axie, which is equivalent to a Pokemon. And uh, so you're talking at least 900 bucks to get started. This game that I'm talking wow. about is a game called Gods Unchained. Now, Gods Unchained uh, actually comes from the main creative director and uh, what do they call him? Principal designer from Magic the Gathering. His name's Chris Clay. He worked with a uh, blockchain company. And it is a online digital trading card game, very similar to Magic the Gathering, where you battle back and forth. And the nice thing about this is once you go through the tutorial, they give you three packs to start with. So you get packs, they're completely randomized, and they have different values. So, you know, if you get a rare or an extremely rare, you know, that's something that's collectible, that's tradable, something you can sell for cryptocurrency. And the game itself is a lot of fun. Um, You know, if you've ever played Magic the Gathering, very similar where you've got your deck, certain number of cards that you pull out, 
play. You battle against the other person. Uh, there are a lot of little intricacies as far as you know knowing what to do to defend or to attack. But ultimately, if you played Magic the Gathering, this is easy to pick up real quick. And it can earn you some money as well. And so I've been fascinated with these NFT games. Uh, this one, obviously, similar to Magic the Gathering in that you've got creatures that are from, uh, you know, mythology and, and different spells and things along those lines. Almost a total ripoff, but at the same time, uh, different. You know, obviously, they came up with new characters and little different ways that the mechanics work. You don't collect physical cards like Magic the Gathering. So if you've got, uh, I don't know, what was it? The Purple Lotus or White Lotus, something like that, that's worth a ton of money if you still physically have it. Uh, these are all NFTs. And so an NFT in terms of blockchain are what are called non-fungible tokens. So each card that you have is one of a kind. Obviously, they may make multiple different versions of it, but there's a cap to that. And so that's how they earn value and you can trade them out. And uh, in the meantime, you know, you go against other people, you earn uh, credits, you earn money that you can then use to buy more packs, or you can just buy more packs out of your pocket with your crypto wallet. And then from there, you just keep trading and, and uh, you know, build up that blockchain cryptocurrency value. And, uh, you know, it's a fun way to not only learn about how blockchain works, how cryptocurrency works, if you've ever wondered about Bitcoin, but it's also a good game to boot. And so the graphics are, are beautiful. You know, uh, you can play it on your desktop. I don't know if there's a mobile version, but who knows? So in any case, uh, it is from a developer called, oh, what are they called? Immutable X. So if you go to Immutable's website or if you just type in uh, Gods Unchained, you know, you can set up accounts, you can set up crypto wallets, you can get started. And uh, I'll post a uh, link in our comment section on the uh, social media. So that way you guys can, uh, you know, go directly to it if it's something you want to check out. And the nice thing is it doesn't cost you a dime to get started, unlike a lot of these other P2E games. So in any yeah, case, you're not dropping nine, 300 bucks. Jeez Louise. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, obviously when they started out, they were a lot less. But the people who got in right away, you know, they're making bank right now because some of these axes cost tens of thousands of dollars, which is absolutely nuts. Um, but just to get a starter one, it's like three to four hundred bucks per. You need three of them. So if you want to get into it, I would recommend Gods Unchained. And then from there, as you build your crypto values, then you can trade that for the Axie stuff if you're big fan of like Pokemon Go, where you want to raise or breed Pokemon, which are axes. So, uh, Tony, is that something you something you check out or? Well, maybe I try it. I mean, uh, if, especially if you can earn some money doing it, why not? At least you're getting paid to, you know, or at least something for trying to unlock. Because I think at first when you said PTE, I was thinking is that old school games like you had to unlock levels, unlock character stuff versus buying them, you know, actually mm -hmm. playing through to unlock them. So, uh, you know, I was never a big Pokemon guy, but, uh, you know, I, I definitely would at least try it. Um, does It's not my typical type of game, but, you know, neither is the uh, game I'm going to review after uh, when we get into that. It's <laughs> not something I normally would go to, so... Yeah. Well, speaking of which, let's go ahead and roll over to your game. Of course, that game is one that was just released, what, last week? 
specifically for the Nintendo Switch, we are talking WarioWare. Get it together. I didn't realize that this is WarioWare. Get it together, mm. eh, 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 for the Nintendo Switch. This is the Most ninth WarioWare game. It is the ninth one. So WarioWare, what it is, is it's a bunch of micro games. It started out on the Game Boy Advance back in 2003. Um, it was just a little game to take on the go to just put a bunch of mini games. It was uh, just little random things. And then it was so successful, they launched a sequel in 2004 called Mario WarioWare Twisted, um, which took advantage of the Game Boy Advance. You would move the system around and and then when they got to the ds they released a version called warrior wear touched which of course was gimmicky and then the first one i played was WarioWare wear smooth moves on the nintendo wii um and I, that's where i played my first one i was like well that's actually a really fun game never played the ds ones never played the game boy ones but the ds went on to have uh, snapped diy the Wii U released Game & Wario, which I never actually played that one. Huh. Uh, 3DS released WarioWare Gold in 2018, which was a collection of all the games into one. And then, of course, now we have uh, this version, uh, WarioWare Get It Together for the Nintendo Switch. Um, the reason why I picked this up is it, it is a fun little addicting game. You just, uh, hap- just happen to, uh, you know... It was. It's not a. It's not an overly expensive game. I picked it up at Walmart for uh, forty bucks. Um, so yeah, you know, it's not. It's not like your sixty dollar game, but it's got over two hundred micro games. Um, the story, from what I've played so far, was uh, Wario and his crew developed a new uh, video game system that looks ironically like the Nintendo Switch. Um, what? Ate, it came alive and it ate him and his friends and sucked them into the video game world. So now they have to go through all these mini games to get out of it. I think that's the story. I don't think these things are meant to have much of a story, but I do like the layout. It's kind of like an old school Mario game where it has an overview map and it shows the little uh, Wario icon and then you pick your level. You go one, then you got to go and do all these micro games to get to the next level. So... Um, Wacky Zany, I think the people that created it either drank a lot or did a lot of drugs. It's a little trippy. Um, <laughs> but I think the Nintendo Switch is exactly the system it needs to be on. A perfect uh, game to get uh, casual gamers over. Nothing like a hardcore gamer by no means. This is uh, definitely something you can invite your girlfriend or your uh, you know your date. You want to get a girl into video games. This might be a good uh, entry to get them in. Um and, I, and I've had a lot of fun with it so far. I haven't got to playing it too much, but I did put in about an hour and a half, and it was a breeze. It was a, it was a lot of fun. I can't wait to see what else I can unlock and play with the game. Um, I do uh, the movie ranking systems. I, I usually do on horrible San Filippo's horrible reviews. I usually give them out of five. Um, but we'll do them out of ten on our show, the Phoenix sure. San Filippo. Uh, but yeah, so for a horrible review for uh, WarioWare, get it together. I'm going to give this sucker a seven out of 10. It's a lot of fun, inexpensive. Um, you can add it to your, uh, your Nintendo switch collection. It doesn't break the bank. So, uh, I'd recommend picking that up and it is a fun game. And if you've never played a WarioWare, uh, there's a free demo out. So give it a shot before you buy it. There is a free demo on the uh, Nintendo eShop right now. So Worth checking out. I recommend it. So, 
And it sounds like, sounds like the perfect game for guys like you and I who don't have time to spend on these giant open world games. You can get in, play a mini game, have fun, get out and, and go from there. Absolutely. Real quick and easy. Nothing too in-depth. Like uh, We love our Legend of Zelda games and, and all those awesome, awesome games out there. But it's where's the time, you know, when you're working multiple jobs and, you, you know, you got to get yourself out there and uh, do have a life. It's tough. It is yep. kind of hard. So, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of which, folks, we do have to go to our commercial break. But when we come back, we are going to be going into our retro rewind segment, talking about an old school video game that we both love. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Retro. And welcome back, folks, to Phoenix and Filippo Pop Culture Chaos. That's going to be a mouthful for a while until we get used to it. But uh, we are into the third segment of the show. I want to remind everybody that we are available all over social media you can find us on facebook instagram twitter uh you can find me at facebook.com forward slash christian phoenix radio that's christian with k phoenix with an f radio of course with an r or on instagram and twitter at phoenix media radio tony is available and we're switching his page back at facebook.com forward slash filippo 81 or on instagram at tony.sanfilippo81 so in this and segment, that's F-I-L-I-P-P-O. Yeah, just, oh, yeah. Just look in the uh, upper corner. You can see the, uh, yeah, just the spelling of that. Phoenix and Filippo, P-C-C, baby. <laughs> so in the third segment of each show, depending on the day, we're doing what we call Retro Rewind, where we take a look back at a classic, in this case, video game that we grew up with, loved, and talk a little bit about it in an open discussion. So, uh, you know what? Let's go ahead and get into our Retro re- Rewind. Of course, that's a mouthful to say all by its own. But uh, with that being the case, let's go ahead and uh, pull up the game. Retro that if you grew up a kid of the 80s or 90s, you couldn't go to a bowling alley without seeing anywhere. Uh, and it's making a big comeback in big ways that we'll talk about here in just a second. But uh, let's go ahead and show you the opening of this game uh, before we get going. So uh, here you go. Yes, we are talking oh. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game from 1989. Uh, I didn't realize that it was originally released in Japan as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Super Kame Ninja, whatever that means. Uh, all I know is that that game has swallowed many, many, many quarters uh, that I fed into it. So much fun. They ported it to an NES version, which wasn't as good, obviously, with the limitations of the NES, but it was something you had to have, especially with as difficult as the original Nintendo uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game was. Uh, Tony, what fond memories do you have of this game? God, this is my fa- one of my favorite games of all time. Just absolute favorite game. I loved playing this at uh, Carson Lanes in Carson City. Um, when my parents would bowl on Friday nights, you'd find me on uh, 
the uh, TMNT arcade cabinet, man, many, many quarters spent there. And that's a game today I love going back and playing. Um, I remember when it was ported to the Nintendo, my mom went out of her way, got that for us for Christmas. Well, mainly me. It's not like my sister was really into it, but it was called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game on the Nintendo. Had a few extra levels. But I remember geeking out. I'd get my Nintendo Power magazines, and I would just get geeky knowing that it was coming to the Nintendo. And, yeah, it was not graphically as good as uh, the uh, arcade version. Uh, But when we got to adulthood and then you came across emulation and you got to replay it at home, that was awesome. Loved it when they re-released it on the Xbox 360. Granted, it was a little different, but... You know, but just the fact you get to play it again and it was online. This is a game that absolutely 100% would be awesome if they brought back to current systems. Would love to see it on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, would love to see it on all kinds of different, uh, you know, platforms as a um, something that today's generation could play. Because the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are still popular. Um, this is a really, really fun game. And uh, again... Can't rave enough about it. I've beaten it many times. Shredder was a pain in the ass to beat at the end, but uh, <laughs> God, God, I love this game. Love yeah. it. And I never get sick of it. Just the music, the, the everything about it. The graphics were sharp. Uh, it was the humor was in it. Fantastic game. And, uh, you know, you and I missed the boat on the whole arcade one-up run of the first one, which as mm-hmm. you guys can see behind me, I've got the Street Fighter II cabinet. Which, uh, you know, that's one that I would like to have in the collection. You know, it's four players. You get to choose, you know, Leo, Donnie, Raph, or Michelangelo. Um, That game included a couple other games as well. I know that they're doing a Turtles in Time cabinet, but something about the original cabinet for this first game, with as cheesy and hokey as it was with, you know, the the live action April O'Neil and the, the cartoon Turtles, it just brings back so much nostalgia. It really does. It's just very distinct. And and you're right. It is coming back out on Arcade 1-Up. But, alas, it is at a more expensive price tag because yeah. all the Arcade 1-Up went, went through the roof, like which is ridiculous. But, uh, you know, if you can get your hands on the Arcade 1-Up uh, with Turtles 1 and Turtles in Time, it was a fantastic one. The next one's going to have online built in so that's gonna be really cool because then you could play uh you know you're in reno or excuse me you're in sparks i'm in fort collins you know we can hook it up and play and that's that's the joys of uh technology nowadays you can uh take an old school retro system um i will have to knock the one up price for the new one it doesn't justify a 700 dollars price tag but uh you know three to four hundred bucks made more sense um yeah, but yeah. I get it. Things are expensive to make nowadays, but that's why I say just release it on consoles. You, your audience is more vast. It, it, it gets it out there more. Exactly. And that's the thing. You know, uh, I had mentioned it earlier that, um, you know, there's this sort of retro revolution now that uh, a game that we've talked about previously on the Proton Pack podcast and something that we're really looking forward to is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, which goes back to oh, the yeah. side-scrolling beat-em-up, very much what you know from the original arcade games, 
but more. You know, they've got uh, Dot Emu, who is developing it. They did the uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World uh, arcade game. And uh, they just released, what was it, two, three weeks ago that uh, April O'Neil was going to be a playable character. And I have a feeling that we're going to see more and more playable characters uh, come out for that game just to up the replay value. Oh, absolutely. Would it be fun? Unlock more characters with different moves. Maybe uh, it does a little different things. Um, it's kind of like fighting games. You, you know, I'm sure one day we're going to talk about Marvel versus Capcom too. So I'll save my long story for that, but it was the unlocking the characters. It's the replay value. Um, doesn't matter how many times you and I have beaten uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game. It's, is just so fun to go back. Like, yeah, you're not going to play it every day if you beat it, but it's still a game that I get the itch to play to this day. You know, mm-hmm. and then it's not one of those games where I'm like, nah, I don't really want to play that game. It's, it's a lot of the times it's like, God, I wish, uh, like I have it on the Xbox 360, but it's like, man, I, I wish it was just out on a modern day console. Right, that way because you, you can't find it. anyone to play online. Yeah, and it was weird. It was like a co-production with Ubisoft because yeah. Ubisoft owned the uh, rights to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at the time, so they added some lame artwork around it, and it just kind of it was it was the original arcade game in a sh- in the shell, but uh, the outline layers wasn't the same. So, kind of a takeaway from nostalgia with them adding their own crap because they were trying to promote. I think it was TMNT 2007, that live action uh, CGI movie. Yeah, so they, they went with that art style. And it was just, no. <laughs> now, uh, Tony, when it came to the original and Turtles in Time, was there one turtle that you had to be every single time? Oh, yeah. Well, I love Michelangelo was my guy. So he was always the one growing up I wanted to play. Now, as an adult, I actually found you are better off if you play as ref or excuse me, Leonardo or Donatello. The reason why is with Donatello's bow staff, man, you get farther reach to hit the foot soldiers. Um, And then his super move was that one big whack and you could take more uh, bad guys out with that. Same with Leo. Leo had the katana blades, so you're able to take it out you know but growing up man i was mikey all the way it's just uh his super move was just like a was a weird kick and like his nunchucks couldn't go as far but you know (laughs) aside from that there wasn't much distinct differences for the turtles and i think that's where this new one coming out shredder's revenge is uh better uh, because it's going to be built upon like uh, each characteristic of the turtle. So I'm sure you're going to see Donatello's bow staff does more. Mikey might have something. Technically, Mikey should do some more cool damage, like maybe a side. He can hit you with nunchucks on this side and that side, and you can get a double attack that way with it spinning. Um, same with yeah. Raphael and his size, you know? Yeah. So. I was always a Donnie guy, one for the reach, but, you know, Donnie was always my favorite turtle anyway, because he was sort of the brainy guy. But, uh, you know, they definitely had their advantages and disadvantages when you played. But I'm looking forward to this new version of uh, Shredder's Revenge and uh, getting back into that nostalgia factor. Well, folks, you know what? That does it for our rewind, review, rewind, uh, retro rewind. I'll get rewind, rewind on the PCC, baby. With that, uh, Tony's leaving us. I'll join you guys here in the next segment, but uh, we will see him tomorrow, and we'll see you guys in a few minutes. Laters.
Welcome back, folks, to the fourth and final segment of Phoenix and Filippo Pop Culture Chaos, our inaugural episode. And, uh, you know, just as the previous iteration of uh, the show, the Christian Phoenix radio show, we are available anywhere you get streaming video or podcasts. I uh, want to remind you guys that uh, just download the NGBN.TV mobile application or smart TV app. Just go to the Christian, uh, sorry, the Phoenix Media channel there, and you can get this show and other great shows that are on the Phoenix Media Network. Now, you can also get us wherever you get podcasts, whether it's Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Geezer, Gozer. Of course, can't play that soundbite anymore because Tony's not here. But uh, in any case, we are everywhere you get podcasts. Now, something that we will be doing at the fourth segment each and every day based on the theme of the day is something I like to call Collector Corner. Now, Collector Corner is talking about the collectibles and the auctions and, and the things surrounding whatever the given topic of the day is. Today's being video games. And, uh, you know, video game collecting is big business these days. It's one of those things where, you know, you got rid of a game or, you know, you bought a game for 50 bucks when it first came out and figured, you know what, I'm going to sell off these four games to bite the next big game that, uh, you know, was coming out. And, uh, you know, you go to GameStop, they give you five bucks for it. And then you regret that decision later on. Well, there's a number of games out there that are really, really worth something. Uh, mostly more retro games, but you can even find uh, games like Marvel vs. Capcom 2, I want to say, um, which I think was on ooh, maybe the GameCube, uh, one of those early disc-based systems, and uh, it goes for a ton of money. Well, today's Collector Corner, we're going to be talking about big money games. For instance, the explosion for collecting started back in July 2020 when a copy of Super Mario Brothers showed up at auctions sporting a 9.4 A-plus WADA rating. Now, WADA is the scale for uh, rating the uh, condition of games. Ultimately selling for $114,000, eclipsing still another copy of Super Mario Brothers that sold in February 2019. Sure, it's in mint condition. Sure, it's sealed. But why was this copy so valuable? Well, very important reason. The cardboard for the box still had the hang tabs. Heritage Auctions explained the significance of such tabs, where they said cardboard hang tabs were originally used on the U.S. test market copies of black box games back before plastic was used to seal each game. There are four sub-variants of the plastic sealed cardboard hang tab box, this particular copy of Super Mario Brothers being the three-code variant that were produced within a span of one year. Each sub-variant produced within that time frame had a production period of just a few months. So uh, that is why it garnered $114,000. Now, not too long after that, a few months later, Mario was added again. This time, it was a copy of Super Mario Brothers 3. The game sported a 9.2 A-plus on the WADA scale, which outpaced the then-highest rating for a Mario 3 cartridge, and sold for $156,000. Not only did this specific product sport a higher rating, it featured a short-lived box design that saw Mario's hand obstructed by the word bros in the title text. Later editions would move the text to remove the obstruction. Heritage Auctions says that collectors have spent years looking for such a version, the earliest in the Super Mario Bros. 3 production history, and usually come up empty-handed. 
The 156,000 price would go on to hold the record until another copy of the original Super Mario Bros. exploded with a price of $660,000. God, almost six times uh, what the last one did in April 2021. Now, of course, that held the record until July 2021. So for two days, the epic run of July 9th through 10th, 2021, The Legend of Zelda had bragging, held bragging rights over its plumber comp competitors after an original NES copy sold for $870,000. What got this particular copy of Zelda into such a stratosphere? Well, first, it was obviously a sealed copy. It was also deemed incredibly rare and held in early production status. This particular production variant was limited to only uh, 1987 and was later replaced by the Rev-A version after the game's popularity required a boost in production capabilities. Heritage Auctions described it as the apothesis of rarity, nothing like a fancy word to get people to pay more for something. For comparison, a lame Rev-A version sold for five, uh, sorry, $50,400 back in 2020. So uh, more than 100 times uh, what that one was worth. Now, in July 11th, 2021, less than a month before Super Mario Brothers' $2 million record-setting auction, the medal for most expensive game ever sold went to Super Mario 64. Also at auction, maybe that's implied, as it seems unlikely someone would walk into a used game store to whip out $1.5 million in cash. Yes, Super Mario 64 sold for $1.56 million to an anonymous buyer. The first three-dimensional Mario World Super Mario 64 went on to sell 11.9 million copies and is the best-selling Nintendo 64 game of all time. The nearest competition is Mario 64 at 9.8 million. Not bad for a plumber just trying to make a living. Now, after buying the game for a bargain price of $140,000, Rally, a company that buys collectibles and then sells shares of those collectibles to investors, who then receive a portion of the profits upon resale, turned down a $300,000 offer before heading off to auction and getting a cool $2 million. We can debate the merits of this process at another time, but still someone had to buy it, and someone anonymously did. And because someone did, Super Mario Brothers is now, for the third time, the most expensive video game ever sold. Inflation alone almost guarantees someone somewhere will pay more than $2 million for a game someday. Who knows, maybe someone will pay more than $2 million for this same copy of Super Mario Brothers, should the anonymous buyer choose to sell. But given the sorts of factors that go into determining these prices, it's impossible to gauge what direction the market might take. So, you'd like to add a truly rare piece to your gaming collection, but lack the hundreds of thousands of dollars to do so? You have hope. When it comes to collectibles, as we had talked about uh, just previously, the smallest idiosyncrasies are what determine value. However, rarity isn't always among them. Yes, each of these products are rare in terms of their condition, box art, and production window, but the games themselves are anything but. There are currently more than 40 million copies of Super Mario Brothers floating around. However, that isn't the case for certain cartridges like Nintendo World Championships 1990. A prize for the winners of that year's tournament containing, ironically, Super Mario Brothers, as well as Tetris and Rad Racer, in a blended format built for competition. Additional copies were granted to Nintendo Power Consumers. 
A copy of that cartridge turned up in Seattle back in 2019. While the exact number of cartridges thought to be made has varied over the years, a number that started out as low as 90 cartridges, 64 of them gray, 26 of them gold, has ballooned to the hundreds with the highest uh, product number reportedly being 348. Despite that increase, only around 75 copies are known to be in existence. So 75 copies versus 40 million. The version of Nintendo World Championships 1990 said to be among the rarest cartridges in the world. In regards to the game itself, the holy grail of rare Nintendo cartridges sold for the unbelievable sum of, well, only $13,000. Though it was shown to be in rough condition, even the better conditioned versions of the gray cartridges only sell for between $15,000 and $20,000. So it's a good way to get started into collecting in terms of video games. Um, yeah, start small, work your way up from there. Uh, Tony, who I will have chime in on this respect on our Facebook page, follows a guy on YouTube who uh, does exactly that. He goes out and just buys games from flea markets or uh, pawn shops and turns around and sells them uh, for pretty penny considering. So, you know, there is a lot of collecting in video games and uh, even more so than just the games themselves, the memorabilia around it. You know, we talked about Nintendo Power here just a couple minutes ago that there are issues of that that uh, sell for hundreds, if not thousands of dollars if they're graded and in good condition. So, in this version of the collector corner, yeah, we started a little bit high, but uh, it just goes to show that, uh, you know, maybe you've got something in your basement, in your attic, and, uh, you know, something that you didn't think was worth anything that may actually be worth something. Now, in the last couple minutes here of the show, wanted to talk about something that we're doing each and every day to get you guys, the listeners and watchers involved. And what it, we're doing is a daily Instagram poll. Now, the Instagram poll is going to be a character versus character. We just want to know something about something related to pop culture, whatever it is. The advantage here is for every vote that you place. So if you vote every single day for 30 days, well, you get 30 entries to win a Loot Crate subscription box. Again, if you followed the Christian Phoenix radio show for uh, over the last year, you know that they are one of our sponsors and they've got some really cool, geeky, nerdy boxes, you know, based around video games, movies, horror, whatever it may be. And so that's what we're giving away is the chance to win a Loot Crate box uh, at the end of each month for whoever ends up uh, winning from simply voting on the poll. So to vote and today's contest going for 24 hours we're talking video games, so easy one. It is who's better, Super Mario or Sonic the Hedgehog? We want to know what you think. There is no right answer, only that you vote. And when you vote, obviously, your name goes in for the entry for that Loot Crate subscription box at the end of the month. Well, with that being said, folks, that does it for our very first episode. We want to thank you guys for tuning in listening, following us, and engaging with us on social media. Until tomorrow, we will see you all 